podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, Australia faced World Cup humiliation. They, Sri Lanka were batting first, were none for 125. Australia's World Cup was on the line. But then the great escape by Australia happened and they rolled Sri Lanka for 209 and then went on to win the match. It was a great victory by the Aussies and a real turnaround after a terrible start to the tournament. I'm Andrew Mensel. I'm joined by Jack Clifton. Jack, wow, Australia were on the ropes, but they fought back and they're still alive in this World Cup. Yeah, it kind of felt like deja vu a little bit, didn't it, Menas, uh, throughout the first two games of the World Cup. I think um, I can probably share my thoughts that you had and, and plenty other Australian fans had when the score was was none for 120-odd. And then even after they got that first breakthrough after that really good catch by Dave Warner in the outfield at one for 157, it, it kind of looked like Sri Lanka could have been posting a, a score around 320 or 330. So there was a, a lot of trepidation, but to, to their credit, they showed a lot of resilience. They fought back. I thought, yeah, Pat Cummins in the face of adversity was really good. Got, got um, two really important wickets. Got a, a run out as well that, that kind of changed the changed the complex of the game. And obviously, Adam Zampa's four wickets were, were huge. So something that we haven't really seen from the Australians for some time. I think they were coming off the back of five straight one-day defeats, manners. So for them to turn it around here in in a pressure cooker situation um, was was really impressive. So hopefully, it's something they can build from and. Uh, and that they can use that as a, a launching platter, a, a launching platter, a platform to, to potentially uh, string the, the rest of these wins together that they need uh, to make it to the knockout stage. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess with England's shock loss to Afghanistan the night before, it does open up the World Cup table a little bit. And it does, does give Australia a bit more of a glimmer of hope that, you know, maybe five or six wins will be enough to get through to the next stage in the semifinals. So, um, yeah, it's been a good couple of days for Australia. Uh, you know, as you can imagine, I'm still not positive about them having the team to go all the way and, and winning it. But um, certainly, um, you know, the semifinals aren't as far off as they were after the second game. Um, so, yeah, Sri Lanka won the toss. They elected to bat. And then it couldn't have got off to a worse start for Australia. Mitchell Stark pitched the first ball up to Nisanka, the right-hander, swung in hit the bat pretty clearly and then there was a bit of a half appeal from the Aussies but Mitchell Stark was more excited than a half appeal and convinced Pat Cummins to to use the first review of the day on the first ball and it came flush off the bat wasn't even probably hitting the stumps and just sort of showed to me that Australia are searching for wickets and searching for something Um, but you know it wasn't there that time. Yeah, that, it, it kind of showed a side that was a little bit rattled, a, a side that was a little bit low in confidence. We we see that in the longer form of the game in, in Test cricket when a side is really struggling out there. Um, so probably second-guessing themselves mm. a little bit. Look, I, I think kind of um, what I, my thought process was prior to this game, and I still feel it is that Australia do look quite fatigued and mentally drained. They've come from playing a gruelling Ashes series, uh, five Test matches, arguably two of the best sides in the world um, against each other, then straight to uh, a lot of that test squad, straight to South Africa playing 
um, a T20 international series and and the five match one day international series, and then into warm matches and the World Cup. So and, 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 and that's not a, a unique position uh, that other sides don't find themselves in. But I think kind of prior to, to that, we, we saw a side that looked quite fatigued and quite tired. So I, I do wonder whether this victory does just kind of give them the pep they need. But I think that, yeah, the start was was a pretty awful one. And I think, yeah, as we'll talk about, men, as, as, as the match kind of wore on through the first 15 or 20 overs, I think the feeling from trepidation got a little bit worse over by over um, because the, the Sri Lankan opening pair, they, they dealt with everything that Australia threw at them very, very comfortably. And if it wasn't for perhaps a, a couple of nice field changes and some good outfielding by the Australians, then they could have been staring down the mar- barrel of, of chasing a, a 330 or 340 score. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, that that um, wasted review did have an effect because Glenn Maxwell trapped uh, Pereira in front in the 10th over and it looked pretty close, but they actually didn't use a review there because they knew it was their last one and that would have been given out had they reviewed it. So, you know, that a hopeful appeal in the first ball actually probably cost them a wicket in the 10th over. And I thought pretty much, you know, in the in the opening partnership of 125 between the Sri Lankan openers, as has been the case throughout the tournament, I, I didn't think we looked particularly potent with the ball. Zampa came on and his first few overs were expensive. I, I don't think we looked particularly dangerous with the new ball, which which makes sense because these aren't new ball conditions. We're not playing in England or South Africa where you'd expect a bit of seam and, and swing. You know, we're playing in India where traditionally new ball bowlers don't get a lot of help unless you're Jasper Bumrah. But it was a bit of fielding that actually you know, got Australia going. And um, when the score was 125, to hit one in the air to the outfield, a deep mid-wicket-ish. And Warner made a lot of ground and took a good catch off Pat Cummins. And that got the Australians going. And then when Warner caught Mendes soon after, and that uh, reduced Sri Lanka to three for 165, Cummins taking the first two wickets, then Zampa. I thought that's when it started to turn, those three quick wickets. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 turned the momentum in in the favour of the Australians. Um and they're probably a side throughout this tournament that I think needs to create opportunities in the first kind of five to ten overs, which as you as you mentioned is is very difficult. Men as when the likes of kind of Hazelwood and and your Stark and your Cummins are used, especially in one day cricket here in Australia, or even kind of over in the UK or South Africa, are used to getting a bit of assistance. Uh, whether it's the ball is seeming off the wicket or uh, the ball swinging through the air, which obviously Mitchell Stark has done for his for his entire career, it's difficult when when those things aren't happening. And and I think the fact that there has been a bit of a, a losing mentality over the previous five one-day internationals. It's almost like when a side gets to none for 60 or none for 70, the shoulders kind of droop and, and Australia starts to feel a little bit sorry for themselves. So I think that's what made the performance with the ball last night even that more impressive. I think it would have been easy for them to kind of put the cue in the rack and even Pat Cummins just to coast through as a captain because I think sometimes, especially in limited overs cricket, it's very, very easy to let the game just kind of coast along and, and uh, just let things continue um, over by over. And, and before you know it, you're chasing 340 or 350. But a couple of really nice bowling changes from him. Um, Dave Warner, for, for all the criticism that Dave Warner's got um, for, uh, for his batting in recent years in, in both limited overs cricket, but also in test cricket, he, 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 he showed no signs of slowing down the field. Like, this is a guy that, yeah, is potentially going to hang up um, the, the batting gloves and the bat um, at, at the end of the Australian summer in January when the West Indies and Pakistan come to town. And, um, yeah, he looked like a 25-year-old herring around the outfield, uh, taking two really important catches. And I think, yeah, when you, when you look back at David Warner's career, there'll be a lot of 
um, conjecture about his batting and I guess the character that he is, but um, in terms of his fielding, he's taken a lot of valuable catches for Australia over the year, um, uh, over the years, and, and potentially in this World Cup of Australia, I'd go deep in this competition. We might even look back at this match and and even look back at the the couple of outfield catches that he took and and think about well, how important was that to gain Australia the victory and gain some momentum to, to potentially head into the the, the latter stages. Of yeah, the absolutely, they needed that. So the wickets really tumbled. So. From one for one twenty five to two for one fifty seven, three for one sixty five, four for one sixty six, um, and that was Zampa getting his second wicket of Samara Wickrama and LBW, and Zampa ended up with figures of four for forty seven. And one thing that was evident was he had his wrong and going. He had the straighter one going. He got three LBWs, and he looked to totally bamboozle the Sri Lankans who were. We were playing for turn that wasn't there. It was actually turning the other way, more like a traditional off spinner and spinning back in to the right-handers. Um, and, and Adam Zampa spoke after the game that he had uh, bad back spasms over the weekend leading into this game and wasn't sure he could play. Um, he also um, was pretty honest about his um, own form, saying he's been short of, um, you know, he hasn't been performing up to his usual standards. He certainly turned it around with a player of the match performance and taking four for 47. Often when there's a collapse, you see a run out. And um, Will Arja was run out by Pat Cummins at mid-on, who threw the stumps down. Terrific bit of fielding. And Sri Lanka ended up losing 10 for 84. So one for 125 all out for 209. I thought Australia's fielding was better, so that run out the catches we talked about. I did notice, though, a lot of the throws into the keeper were just bouncing just short of Inglis, not on purpose, not like they were trying to scuff up, scuff up the ball. So, you know, I do think they're a bit rusty. I do not think they're quite as sharp as they should be for a World Cup. I don't know if they're training hard enough in the field. Um, you know, I think... Ne- in all the reports I hear that they're so obsessed with staying fresh and not burning out that they've stopped training a lot, which which is fine. And I'm not saying they're not training at all, but they're certainly not being uh, intensely driven to be the great fielding side that we're used to in the past. Um, so, yeah, just, just an observation, mm. I guess. Um, yeah, I think that's something that's kind of driven us us crazy, hasn't it? I saw a tweet from you a few days ago, man, it's about uh, here in Australia with the, the Sheffield Shield competition, Usman Khawaja being rested. And we're like, Usman Khawaja, play, he played one first-class game against New South Wales a couple of weeks ago. Why does he need to be rested? And it, it's it's all the all the kind of rage in the in, in the modern day with, with cricketers. So, yeah, it could potentially uh, be that. I don't want to kind of um, try and recreate history or whatever, but, uh, like, it, it feels a little bit like the World Cup in 99 for Australia. And again, I'm not saying that Australia's going to go on this miraculous one and win the World Cup, but they were very scratchy at the start. They had a very unimpressive win against Scotland. Um, I think they lost against um, New Zealand. They did, yep. And um, a few other... Yeah, they lost a couple of matches at the beginning, like Australia have, I think. India and South Africa... I wouldn't be surprised if, if if both those sides are in the final together, um, and if not in the in the final together, at least in the semi final stage. So they've played two very good sides. They play. Uh, they've they've had a victory against Sri Lanka, and now they've they've got the likes of you know Afghanistan, which isn't going to be. They're not going to roll over, especially after that incredible performance against England. But you've also got Bangladesh and the Netherlands, potentially Australia three three easier games than what Australia's kind of faced so far. So yeah, it's it's an interesting tour. This is why it's the World Cup. It's 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 going to be grueling. It's going to be tough. But it's um yeah it's. 
exciting, I think, as an Australian fan now. They've got that first win on the board, and let's see what they can exactly. do. Exactly. So the bowling figures for Australia, Mitchell Stark, two for 43 off his 10. He bowled well. Hazelwood, none for 36 off seven overs. Pat Cummins, two for 32 off his seven overs, his best bowling performance of the tournament. Glenn Maxwell, 9.3 overs, one for 36. Adam Zampa, eight overs, four for 47. And Marcus Stoinis, two overs for 11. So Australia needed 210 for the win. And whilst I was pretty confident, Jack, there was still a, a little bit of nerves because I know that, you know, if, if Sri Lanka could get a couple of wickets and then their spinners could put some pressure on our middle order. I thought we might be vulnerable. And and it turned out Australia got off to a lightning start. They hit 15 off the first over and, uh, and it settled the nerves a little bit. But then in the fourth over, Warner was out LBW for Matashanka for 11. And then Smith was out for a fifth ball duck to Matashanka. Um, and at that stage, Australia was two for 24 and it, it was a bit of a mess. Uh, but then Labashain and Marsh resurrected things. They got the score to three for 81 when Mitch Marsh was run out taking a second. Um, but, yeah, a few nerves early. But I thought Marsh played a really good innings. He got to 50 off 39 balls and just got Australia going. And I think those, I think the way that Australia batted in the in the beginning and the loss of those wickets you spoke about, Menes, is probably indicative of how the squad feels at the moment. They probably have felt nervous and, and unsure about themselves, and um, that's kind of um, has been indicative of the way the way they played. But yeah, as you mentioned, Labashain and Marsh really settled the innings, and sometimes you uh, you need that. Um, you're not always going to have two guys that are going to come in and blaze eighty or ninety not out each and and, and run into victory by seven wickets. Sometimes those kind of partnerships can just stay the ship a little bit. And we, we saw that. And then, uh, as I'm sure you mentioned, Josh Inglis came came through and played a, a really good 50, which is, is great for his confidence, great for the Australian team, and, and, and kind of took any momentum that Sri Lanka had uh, away from them. So, yeah, it was a nervy performance. Um, but it also kind of felt like um, we, we talk about this a fair bit um, in, in our broadcasting work, men, as in, in the T20 game, when you're kind of set a bit of a middling score, like what do you do? Do you occupy the mm. full allotment of overs? Do you dink the ball around, take the ones and twos, or do you try and take the attack to the the bowling side, the fielding side when the field's up? And I think that was probably the scenario that Australia was in. 210, it gave Sri Lanka something to bowl at, but it was also a bit of a nervy run chase for the Australians. So, yeah, I think they will have been better for the run. Um, I'm sure they wouldn't have wanted to lose five wickets in the process, but a couple of guys got runs. That's going to be uh, good for their confidence, and um, they, they, they take the points from this and, and chase down the, the runs relatively comfortably in the end, especially when you look at the, the amount of overs. That yeah, that's faced. right. They got it in the 36th over. Just on the dismissals of Warner and Smith, Warner was a bit unlucky. It was just clipping leg stump. Uh, he was given out. He reviewed it, uh, and it was a very tight one. So that was unlucky. Smith, though, it was a good ball, but he's missing quite a few. He's he's more susceptible now to missing that ball that's on his pads. He used to, when he'd move across his stumps, he would never miss it. But now he's a little bit more vulnerable, and we saw that a little bit the end of Ricky Ponting's career. They've got slightly different techniques, but they both had the propensity to sort of move across their stumps. And we saw Ricky Ponting um, get trapped a couple of times, quite a bit late in his career. And, you know, I hope we don't see that um, continuing with Smith. Mm -hmm. 
No, I don't think so. I'm not. I'm not ready to yeah to kind of make the same comparisons. I, yeah, I think he's he might just be going through a bit of a, a bit of a run at the moment. He's played a lot of cricket. Um, there's a lot of pressure on him as well. He's he's still even though he's not the Australian skipper anymore, he's still seen as probably the no, most valuable batsman Ooh. in um in at least one day cricket and Test cricket for Australia. So yeah, probably in a, in a bit of play, has played a lot of cricket as well. Um, has yeah has certainly struggled in the one day format uh, of, of recent times. But uh, C Smith is a, is a champion uh, a champion player. So don't be surprised to see him kind of reel off a 70 or 80 or, or potentially play a really valuable innings later in the tournament when Australia need to chase down a bit of a tricky score. So it was disappointing to see him him miss out. But I think the thing with Smith is for, for the opposition side, they work so hard at plans to try and work him over. And if you don't get Steve Smith fifth ball, then then he's probably mm-hmm. going to get a fair few runs against you. So it was it was nicely worked out by the Sri Lankans. But um, yeah, I, I still think Steve Smith is is a key player for Australia moving forward. I'm I'm not not really concerned too much about his uh, his form. Oh, this good I mean, I'm not too concerned. I just think it's a little weakness that's cropping up. So you're right though. So Inglis came out and he played so well. He ended up mm-hmm. making 58 or 59 deliveries. He was a little bit scratchy in his first few deliveries, but I thought once he settled in, we saw some great stuff. Yeah, it was really good. Um, and he, he comes from that West Australian production line, doesn't he? Um, yeah, we've actually been broadcasting a few of the Western Australian games lately, and um, that's it's, it's incredible over there. So it's, it's great for Josh, Josh Inglis to get an opportunity because there's a fair few kind of batsman keepers in Australia that yeah, um, the Australian side could have potentially taken over and, um, and tried out. But Inglis has, has kind of got that role, and we obviously heard the heard the news of, of Alex Carey um, being dropped from the, the one-day side or, or being replaced by by Inglis in in this setup, and it's it's a, it's a move that Australia probably had to make. It's a was a ballsy move by Andrew McDonald and the rest of the coaching staff. It's not easy to to drop someone in the middle of a, or at the beginning of a, a of a major global tournament. But um, Josh Inglis has has proved his worth. We we know what a talented glassman he is, and he's uh, he's the type of player that yeah kind of similar to what Adam Gilchrist was in the early part of his career. He can really take the attack to to the bowling side and can really um, switch at the momentum. So that was a really important knock. And yeah, I just really hope we see more of that from Josh Inglis. It would be, it would be great to, to see him scoring plenty of runs over the rest of the tournament. And he's probably a bit of an unknown factor for some of these other sides because he hasn't played an awful lot of international cricket. He's played a fair bit of first uh, uh, first class cricket in Australia and also kind of the, the domestic limited overs competition. But um, outside of that, he's, um, yeah, he's been, been very impressive. So, um, yeah, hopefully we, uh, we this is the start of a, a long uh, career in, in maybe all three formats. For yeah, and it could be the death now for Alex Carey's uh, World Cup campaign if unless English gets injured. Glenn Maxwell, 31 off, 31 not out of 21, and Marcus Stoinis, 20 not out of 10 deliveries, iced the chase, and they got it done pretty quickly. They hit a six to win it, a little boost to their net run rate. So Australia get their first win of the World Cup. They chased down 210 in 36 overs. Player of the match was Adam Zampa. Now Australia plays in, I think, Pakistan on Friday night, which is going to be a massive mm-hmm. test for them. Pakistan coming off an absolute drubbing from the hosts, India. So so they'll be a bit down, but I, mm. I think, wow, it's going to be another big test for Australia. Yeah, it is. And I guess the question I was going to pose to you, men, is, is to do Australia go into this side with the, the same 11? And, and, and is the 11 that played Sri Lanka kind of the most settled uh, 11 for, for, for Australia? Is it the is it the best 11 in terms of Australia trying to churn out uh, more victories over this tournament? I, I think it probably is. Um, and I, like I, I'm always of the opinion that, yeah, you, you don't change a winning formation or a winning side unless there's obviously like a 
a Steve Smith or a Mitchell Stark or a Pat Cummins to come back. But I think the yeah the the, the addition uh, of Josh Inglis is a good one. But that Pakistan match is huge. We we've kind of had some inconsistent performances against them in the past. I think Pakistan are that 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 I've said this for many years. I think they're the kind of side that can put up what was an awful performance against India, but then they could come out and play. Uh, a 10 out of 10 game against Australia, score 370 and, and roll Australia for, for 220 or 230. So that's going to be a really tough, tough task. And I think that that game is probably going to tell us more about what Australia, what this Australian side in the World Cup is going to do rather than this performance against Sri Lanka. As important as the victory was in terms of getting momentum and getting some confidence, that game on Friday is going to be... Uh, that's going to be yeah, a- I agree. They were pretty ordinary Sri Lanka today and Pakistan will be a massive test. All right, well, you've been listening to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. A bit more good news than the last two wrap-ups from the World Cup. So uh, great to hear from Jack Clifton. Um, You can find his rugby league podcast, the Red V podcast, on all your podcast apps. And also if you tune in to New South Wales v South Australia on Friday, Jack and I are commentating together. Jack, thanks for joining me. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back after Australia plays Pakistan. This is a Piccolo Podcast production. Sports Social Podcast Network.